Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. We're going to talk some USC Trojan football, of course, because that's what we do here on the Peristyle Podcast with Dan Weber, beat writer and columnist for us here at uscfootball.com. You guys have sent in a whole bunch of questions for Dan, so we're going to try to get to them all. There's a lot. Uh, If you want to email us, you want to have some more questions, podcast at uscfootball.com. Dot com. That's our email address. You can also call or text us. And the number is 424-254-9141. This was a heavy email week. Not as many of the voicemails and texts. So we'll try to get to all of your emails. And we want to talk to Dan, who's on the line right now. Welcome to the show, Dan. Uh, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. This is a good week. Uh, I'm encouraged. Uh, uh, this is, a, I think, an important week. We were... We weren't sure it was going to be last week or this week that would be the, the telltale week, uh, kind of uh, as to give you an idea how this was going to proceed for this team and these coaches and all that. And I'm, I'm very upbeat uh, from what, what's happened the uh, last two days uh, at practice, how the, uh, the mock game week, uh, you don't know where is it going to go and how hard they're going to go and how, they gonna, how are they exactly going to go uh, about their business and with the physicality and the competitiveness at practice and uh, been very encouraged by uh, by what we've seen. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing you're hoping for to, uh, to get a team, uh, you know, to, to transition from preseason camp to uh, pre- preparing for, e- you know, each opponent. And uh, do you keep that physicality? Do you keep that competitiveness going? And they really have, um, you know, it's been, uh, been fun. Those are, the kids say they've had a lot of fun practicing and you can just watch them and you can hear it, that they really enjoying uh, going after one another and they're getting better. I mean, that's the only way you get better once you get into this, uh, uh, you know, this kind of, you know, week by week, game by game, uh, you know, install the game plan and all that. You got to do it, uh, you know, while you're still really going after one another and really pushing one another. And, um, and, and I, I just, again, I'm really, uh, really encouraged by what I'm saying. Yeah, that's uh, it's good. We want to, I'm glad that you have, uh, there's some optimism there, Dan. We like that. And I think that'll, you'll reflect that in some of the questions we got coming in. Um, I wanted to apologize. We hadn't done a show. Well, we've done a couple of shows. This is my third show of the week, but we had uh, Ben Malcolmson on earlier and someone tweeted me like, Hey, we haven't had any fall camp. Uh, updates. I wanted to do the shows this week kind of after we saw the two practices. So we, there was a practice on Tuesday, tech practice on Wednesday. So we're doing the show today on Thursday with, with Dan because he's been out there at all the practices. So I wanted to get as much information as possible. We'll probably shift it going forward to more earlier in the week. But just the way the camp's been set up, that's kind of what we're doing uh, for now. And there will be a live show today also. We'll uh, have that. And then there's going to be another podcast. The, the family feud will come up probably early Friday. So this is, we're recording this on Thursday morning and uh, I've already done, I told Dan offline 
I've already done three radio podcast interviews before 9 a.m. on Thursday. So if you know what that means, you know what that means? That means football is back. So that is what everyone wants to hear. Football's back. And because it's back, if you need tickets for anything, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get your tickets to every game all season long. You want a last-minute deal. You want to plan a night out. You want a perfect gift. They'll help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. So make sure you download the app. Uh, it's a great it's a great resource. You can go check it out. Hey, you want to go to the Texas game? Download the SeatGeek app and you can check it out. You can search. It'll search multiple ticket sites uh, and grading every ticket based on value. So it'll help you immediately identify where the best seats are for your, your budget. It doesn't have to be sports. They got plenty of tickets for concerts, comedy, theater, all that kind of stuff. So I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's the easiest way to shop for tickets for sure. So if you want to check out the Stanford game, uh, UNLV, you're going on the road to Texas, you can do that all in the SeatGeek app. And best of all, all of our listeners here, you're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code USC. That's easy to remember. Promo code USC, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek. Life is an event. We have the tickets. All right, Dan. I know because I know some people were were wondering about tickets to some of the events. So hopefully that'll help them out. And uh, a lot of people are wondering, Dan, about the quarterback competition. Before we jump into all the questions and maybe get you know we could talk about that or maybe get a few thoughts on, on what you've seen. I know there's been some optimism, but maybe some thoughts on all that QB the QB race at this point. Well, I think you know for. Those, like if you'd only showed up, say, yesterday uh, at practice, which now, uh, according to the schedule, they're going to go heavy on the run on Tuesday with full pads and then in shoulder pads and helmets and shorts on Wednesday uh, will be the, the pass-heavy day. And I thought, uh, I thought J.T. Daniels was just sensational yesterday. I mean, he made every, every kind of throw that you want him to make. Uh, uh, he uses the whole field. He, uh, he, you know, they did a lot of, and I like what they're doing. They're doing more, uh, red zone or goal line, uh, converting where they really, uh, you know, they'll do just one-on-one stuff, but, but they're getting to throw more fades and JT can throw the back shoulder. Uh, they've got so many defensive backs that it really makes it, uh, you know, competitive as heck. And, uh, he just uh, he can make all the throws. I mean, and, and make you defend the whole field, and uh, just uh, he just has a confidence about him. Uh, I, I just thought he had a you know a sensational uh, you know day yesterday, uh, and I think they need going into this season. This needs to be a team that uh, that plays with confidence, and I, I think we're seeing that confidence on defense. Uh, there's just so many guys, and they're so competitive. And uh, you know, uh, like Clay after practice was talking about the six safeties, the six that he believes could play, you know, at any time, uh, and and not feel any, you know, any problems with with who those six are, or who which two of those six are out there. And and, and I don't disagree, but uh, that's the kind of confidence you need to have. You know, you're going against those guys every day. That's that's. I think what makes you better is if you are able to have any kind of success against those guys. And uh, I think this is a team that needs confidence because you were talking about SeatGeek and we were talking before we got on. Uh, 
this and you were you were on the radio in Salt Lake City, and I was thinking, you know, I've been on the radio there already. They're fired up. They know USC's coming to town. Uh, Arizona knows USC's coming to town. Texas knows USC's coming to town. Stanford, after losing twice last year to you know the Trojans, knows USC's coming to town. So that's four games, fairly you know almost the first half of the season where USC is the biggest game of the year in those stadiums. So, uh, you know, if you're a USC fan, maybe you do want to check out CK because those are the games that are fun to go see. When, that, when you're visiting a stadium where that's their biggest game of the year. But the way you, can, you survive those games is you go in there uh, with all sorts of confidence that, and, and, and with the anticipation that, man, this is going to be fun. We're going to go, you know, into their stadium and we're going to take them out. And that was truly uh, back in the day. That was as much fun as it, as it got as to go to a USC game on the road when USC just couldn't wait to take somebody out. And I just always, I'm going to always reference that's that, that, uh, that Auburn game opener in 2003 when there's Auburn, you know, people could not wait to get a hold of USC. And USC just didn't let them in the game. And I think that's that's what I think this team has to try to be and try to do is uh, just take people out, not let them in the game. And uh, you got to have confidence to do that. Uh, and uh, and we'll see if, if, if this team, you know, gets there. Still kind of young. Uh, but with a really good core of seniors, and it's 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 a it's a good match right now. The way it's working together in practice. Yeah, it does seem like a a more confident group, and I love that's the that's a great term, the way to put it. And people have been asking me all morning about JT Daniels, of course, and that's not something I used. And I, I you know there's there's a lot of adjectives you can do use to describe his game. Um, you know, the fact that he does feel comfortable out there, but I think knowing that he does have confidence and that some of these veteran defensive defensive players have confidence and Clay Helton seems like he has confidence. There seems like this everyone has confidence that this team can take the next level. I know there's some fans that are they're, you know, worried about what's gonna happen with this or that, or whatever, but it does seem like this is a confident team that can go out there and win some of those tough road games. Yeah, I mean, it bugged me last year. I, I did not think that was not a confident team that went into Washington State on Friday night. That was not. I mean, they had some injuries. Uh, they got screwed with the schedule. Yeah, all of the, you know, it was not a confident team that went into Notre Dame. Uh, they weren't. They didn't think they were gonna. Once Notre Dame hit them, and you know that was it. They, and that wasn't, you know, a confident team very quickly against Texas. And uh, you had these. You know, uh, I guess uh, remember you remembered. Uh oh, is this what it you know felt like uh, against Alabama the year before when things started going badly? And uh, that's got a that's not USC football. That's not you know. And obviously, in both years, they made up for it. You know, with the Rose Bowl, they made up for it to some. You know, last year they win their first Pac-12 championship. So they did. You know, they did some things. Uh, but it's still, you didn't have that sense of, of that, that USC swagger, that, that USC where everybody felt like we've done enough, uh, we're good enough, we've done enough uh, to prepare, we've worked hard enough, 
what we do in practice is going to be, uh, in many cases, uh, more challenging than what we're going to, you know, face in this game. And uh, I think that's what I, uh, the more you look back at USC and talk to those guys, they were so confident uh, back in the day with, with Pete's teams because uh, they felt like they had prepared so well against players so good that nothing they would see, uh, you know, when they played somebody else was going to be that much of a problem. And you're getting a sense of that. Now, you know, the kids are talking about how good, especially, you know, on defense, how, how good, uh, you know, the competition is, how, how the offense feels like, you know, we're not going to play anybody better than this defense. And if we can, uh, you know, we can get the job done and practice against these guys, we're going to, we're going to be in good shape. And that, you know, carries you through those tough games where stuff happens and you just got to overcome it. And, uh, where you go on, you know, you go there and you, you know, you run out there with a, you know, packed house, uh, and uh, think this is going to be fun. We're going to enjoy this. All right, Dan. Well, we want to jump into some questions. Actually, before we do that, I want to let people know. So we, we, I announced this on our Tuesday show with Ben Malcolmson, but we're going to do our little Trader Joe's uh, partnership uh, meet and greet. Um, we're going to do this on the USC campus. Uh, in the plaza there between Heritage Hall and the John McKay Center on Friday, uh, August 31st, starting about 3 p.m. And it'll go up till like 5 when the uh, the jock rally is going on. So the jock rally where the band comes out and the full team and they, you know, get up on the ladder and talk about what's going on and everything. It's pretty cool. And so we'll, we'll just have like our little tent set up there somewhere in the plaza and just, um, you know, meet with people. We're going to give away those Trader Joe's bags. So it should be a lot of should be a lot of fun. Don't forget the song girls. Oh, yes, the song girls will be there too. So that's that's like the <laughs> yeah, that's the thing you should mention first, I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, last night I was heading home heading to my uh, car in the parking lot, waited for uh uh and it's just amazing the kids on uh skateboards that are, you know, basically they commute, you know, from one side of campus to the other on skateboards and a guy went by me carrying his uh two big shopping bags and and one was the trader joe's bag full of groceries on his skateboard just heading you know back to his dorm room i'm guessing but uh those look really good so if you, you've got a skateboard and you want to <laughs> you know show off on the way back to, back home after shopping uh, that trader joe's bag looks awfully good as you get oh i'm not sure how they do that you know two you know fully loaded grocery bags uh, flying by on a skateboard uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're pretty good uh, but the problem is they can't stop when they hit those intersections they got to keep going so you uh, you kind of got to watch a little bit <laughs> crossing the road you don't want to get hit by a skateboard especially if they got two big bags of groceries uh, with them but uh, yeah it's uh, but the Strader Joe's bag just looks so good when they go by yeah, we'll have hundreds of them to give away. There'll be snacks, um, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, man, I just we just went to Trader Joe's and bought some salmon, which I hadn't got from there before. We grilled it up, and it was so good. My wife was like, "This is like the best salmon I've had." I'm like, and I'm like, Trader Joe's, like, yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, it's been an awesome partnership with us, at Trader Joe's. So hopefully, you go check it out, and uh, hopefully, you can come August 31st. Get those cool bags. Everybody wants them. Uh, people keep emailing me. How can you get them? Like, you got to come to the event. I can't send out a whole bunch of bags to everybody. 
Um, well, I don't have a whole bunch of bags anyway, but uh, they'll have them at the vet. So that's where they're going to give them away. So yep. uh, be there. Definitely be there. So let's go to, we had two questions from Earl in West LA. Um, first, so we'll do these quick. Will Alawali Batiku and or Daniel Mentor Bebe redshirt this year? Well, uh, Alawali can. Uh, boy, I guess Daniel can also. I mean, uh, but uh, I, I, if I had to guess, I would say Alawali, who he definitely can has a better chance of, of having that happen. Uh, Daniel's uh, redshirted already, I believe, because of the transfer from Florida. So. Oh, the transfer yeah. year. That's right. That's right. Yes, of course. So, no, neither, uh, uh, they both won't because uh, there, there's no, there's not one available for, uh, for Daniel. I mean, I guess you could retroactively, is it one you could go back and ask for uh, as a, for an injury that you know, continues over into the second year? Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, it didn't work out for say like a Jordan Simmons last year who tried and they didn't give it to him. So you never know. That's, uh, that's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, but I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, with, uh, with all Wally, I guess the plan now might be to see where he is toward, you know, the second half of the season and, and he still could play four games in red shirt. So I would say that might be the plan for him. I mean, the situation with Olawoli is they've got to find exactly a position for him and 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 a weight that he wants to play at and and all that kind of thing. And I don't know that that's happened yet. So that might be a good thing to happen this year, and still give him a red shirt. But uh, but yeah, Daniel would be one of those ones where you ask for a sixth year after your fifth year. And um, and see if they'll give it to you, and you just you're not sure you want to trust them uh, with with that. So uh, that can't be a part of the plan, I don't think. So so I I don't know. Daniel's been you know putting pants on the last uh, you know few days, but uh, we haven't seen him in any any team stuff. So uh, so I don't know. He, he, not moving a hundred percent, but. Uh, you know, his 90% is probably good enough to be decently effective. So uh, it seems that the limitation is it just doesn't feel right. It just, you know, it, it, it you know, he's not really talking about, uh, about pain, but I think that has to be the, the limiter, the thing that's limiting him right now is that, uh, it's just, it's just not, it's just not back, and it's still got, got pain in there. And I know they were trying to figure out ways to, to find exactly where that, you know, is coming from, and, and exactly what they can do to, uh, you know, to limit it. And I don't know that they've completely. I think he's cleared by the doctors in terms of, uh, you know, he can do it physically, but can he do it pain free? Uh, so far, no. We had a question from Dr. Timpson uh, from Henderson, Nevada. He said, do you have any information about the ability to listen to the live radio broadcast while at the Coliseum during games this season? The delayed broadcast is absolutely not enjoyable for those of us at the game who love to listen to the call of the game. Thanks for the info. Uh, thank you, doctor, for the question. I'm not sure about that. Do you know, Dan? Or? Yeah, I don't know either. I know we talked about it. Was it last year or was that two years ago? It might have been two uh, years ago, yeah. Two years ago. 
last year we didn't hear much about it and it just sort of you know went away uh i know they weren't all that enthusiastic about about having it be uh you know the actual live live that you were always going to get that uh that delay um we'll ask around i that's a good question that's one of the probably those you know questions you don't think about till it's you know it's right here for the game but we'll check uh, that's a good question didn't look like uh they were you know concerned enough to really absolutely make it happen because i think by contract doesn't the ESPN broadcast have to have a little bit of a delay? I understood uh, that that was the case. I think it does. You know, and actually, what's funny, we got an email, uh, another email from Eric. Uh, he said, I called the Live Sports Radio headquarters, and they advised me that USC has no rights for that device to be used for their games, and that Fox Sports has the say if the device is to be used for USC football games. So he says, is this true? I'm hoping you can look into this. She also stated many USC fans have been calling too. So maybe there's some sort of licensing issue now. I'm not sure. Um, well, I think the last time Fox Sports was involved and Fox Sports didn't seem like they were all that, uh, you know, excited about making it happen live. You know, that's one of those places where maybe the combination of ESPN radio and doing the broadcast and Fox Sports as the decider of uh you know uh, you know they handle all the advertising the signage uh all of that kind of thing they have the rights to uh for usc so that this might be one of those areas where you've got both fox and espn kind of involved and and maybe it doesn't always uh you know work out as smoothly as as you'd like it uh with with the two different people having say you would think ESPN would want it live. Uh, yeah. And maybe maybe Fox doesn't yeah. necessarily look at it the same way. And who knows? Maybe with the new, the stadium renovations, there'll be something else there. I, I mean, we don't, we'll, we'll try to find out, but I mean, good questions there. Um, yeah. Ted, we got one from Ted Manhattan Beach. He said, do you think that he says HCCH, so he means head coach Clay Helton, Maybe evaluating which quarterback may be a better fit for the offensive line, given the current offensive line's apparent need for continued maturation uh, and development as a unit. What quarterback would be a better fit for weeks one through three? More of a dual threat or more of the pro dash RPO? Uh, Ted in Manhattan Beach. You know, I think the better quarterback you know, or the best of the three. Uh, the guy with the most confidence, the guy that can make the most throws, the guy that doesn't, you know, won't turn the ball over, you know, as much. Um, I think all of those, I think we're maybe overthinking it with, and it was some of the, you know, the thinking with Sam was, okay, these guys may not be able to hold up up front, but at least Sam can run away from trouble. I think we found out last year, that didn't really always work. Didn't work at Washington State. Really didn't work at Notre Dame and against Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, so I I think that's kind of a defeatist attitude to go in and say, well, we won't be able to probably block you, but we got a quarterback. He can really run away from you. No, uh-uh, uh, no, no. Can't do it that way. I think you go with, uh, 
you go with the quarterback who instills the most confidence, the guy that can make all the throws, the guys make quick, good, good, quick decisions. And, uh, that's, that's how you go with it. So, so yeah, I think in reading some of the, the posts on the P that I thought of, boy, we could get a guy who, you know, can run like crazy, uh, and he'll run away from trouble. Uh, that that doesn't work. I mean, Sam couldn't. I mean, let's say, look at, you know, there's 15 turnovers. Sam couldn't w- run away from trouble. And, uh, you know, there's no Sam in terms of, of that scrambling and all that and the ability to throw on the run uh, this year. you got to get a guy that, that just can, can make the plays that, that you need in your offense. And, uh, and you know, I think, and that's where it's hard for people because they'll say, well, the one guy, you know, that, that has all the throws and has a lot of confidence, but he just, you know, could still be a high school senior and, and all that. It's not an easy call if you're somebody outside and if you're not watching them every day and seeing what we're seeing, uh, it would be a hard call, you know, to say, uh, you know, people know, even though there has been, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, the Hurts kid two years ago at Alabama getting him to the championship game or uh, last year with Jacob Fromm of Georgia, two freshmen getting him to the championship game and, and Tua, uh, you know, coming in and winning the game at the end, you know, for Alabama, uh, a true freshman. People are still, I think, hung up a little bit on can a true freshman uh, be that guy that, uh, you know, solidifies things and, and can handle uh, you know, if there are some breakdowns, although I think we're maybe overstating uh, what's happening with the offensive line. I've got a little more, even with, uh, you know, guys, a lot of guys being out and a lot of shuffling, I've got more confidence in this offensive line this year. I know we've talked a lot about the defense in, you know, with in Clancy year three and really being able to communicate and get things done. And, uh, I think that's happening quietly to some extent with the offensive line. They're not the most, you know, physically imposing guys. They they probably won't look like Alabama's offensive line, but I think they've got a chance to be a pretty workmanlike group. Uh, so uh, I, I know people are, you know, reacting still kind of negatively uh, when the defense, you know, has a good day or whatever. But I think some of that's just this defense has got a lot of talent and a lot of physic, you know, physical ability and a lot of speed. And uh, I think they're making this offensive line better. But uh, but I, I I think you just you don't try to overthink that and say, well, we'll get a guy that can you know just run uh, or dual threat because that'll make it harder for the the defense. No, the guy that's going to make it harder for the defense. The guy that make all the throws. That you've got confidence he can make the throws. That your receivers have confidence that he can make the throws, and uh, I think that's how you go. Agree with you 100, percent Dan. Go with the best guy, uh, Don. Okay, Don's a little concerned. Um, you talked about there's some fans or some negativity. There's, uh, Don will be there. He said the last scrimmage <laughs> and an, or lack thereof is what makes everyone doubting that Helton is a big time coach. Is what makes everyone do- okay? I don't know what he means by that, but. Uh, is USC going backwards in the preparation? No QB experience, and Helton had a scrimmage with no real purpose for preparing these young quarterbacks. I would think that football players who really want to compete would be concerned with this lack of urgency. That's from Don. 
Well, I think had that been the last word, had Saturday scrimmage been the last thing we had to, you know, judge things by, you might be right. But we had Tuesday and Wednesday practices, and, uh, you know, I thought they came back, uh, you know, better than we could have possibly hoped for in terms of competitiveness, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, doing all the lots of plays, lots of reps. I mean, I was a little concerned about maybe the lack of reps. And I, they did run out of bodies on, on Saturday. Now, you can judge that, uh, you know, in a separate, you know, category, uh, you know, because they couldn't run the two-minute drill at the end and the scrimmage was not quite an hour and it really wasn't a scrimmage. But uh, but what they did Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, you know, that's a good, that was good coaching. That's, you know, I'm, I'm very upbeat about the way uh, Clay transitioned uh, to mock game week. And uh, if this continues, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very encouraged. But I thought they got plenty of reps for the quarterbacks, plenty of throws, plenty of, you know, opportunity for everybody to catch the ball. The, the uh, running backs out of the backfield, uh, we really got a chance to see what Stephen Carr can do. Uh, Vavai has been, been very active, uh, you know, catching the ball. Uh, the tight ends were uh, got involved the last couple of days. Josh Fallow and uh, Tuesday and uh, Tyler Petit on Wednesday. So uh, I think we're they're moving in the right direction. So uh, what might have been a, a you know a criticism over the weekend after Saturday, I don't think is valid anymore from what we saw Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, I'm. I'm encouraged, and I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with what I've already said. I, I really thought they turned a corner uh, uh, this week. All right, uh, we got Steve. Now this is a little sarcasm here, I guess. Uh, the request for you, Dan, could you please ask Clay Helton what is the standard time a player is held out for a broken fingernail? Does he think that mm-hmm. Alabama, Clemson, and national contenders shorten their practices because linemen are dinged up? It's football. Does he know everyone plays dinged up? How many more wasted seasons do we have to sit through until we get a Trojan tough coach? Could we at least get some bubble wrap for the players since their head coach thinks they're so delicate he has to shorten practice? It doesn't cost much if you buy it in bulk. I'm really looking forward to uh, he's, he's uh, your podcast on the debacle that was this Saturday, uh, Steve. So I think this was in re- reference to the uh, scrimmage as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it was really a good move by Ryan not to do this till Thursday. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we needed those Tuesday, Wednesday practices for us to know what we're looking at, and the players needed them after Saturday. So I, I think it was a combination of things that, uh, you know, gives you a good sense of, of, of where they're going, and I, I think they mean it. I mean, it just was, you know, you're not absolutely certain. Uh because in years past, there's kind of been a, a transition from preseason camp to, uh, well, let's get ready for the games and it'll look more like an NFL, um, you know, semi walkthrough, uh, just to get all the installation down and all the alignments and the assignments and, and what have you. Uh, didn't get that sense at all. I mean, it looked like a preseason, uh, you know, scrimmage, uh, while they were installing. I mean, uh, you know, they did, uh, first and second on, uh, downs on Tuesday and third down yesterday. But, uh, but it looked like preseason camp. And, uh, you know, I mean, that, you know, in a positive way. Saturday was odd. Saturday, we still don't exactly have a good feel 
what was that what was going on there but uh tuesday wednesday man i i just really like uh like what we're seeing and so uh so i'd hold off the bubble wrap comments uh you know for now uh because they weren't playing in bubble wrap uh tuesday wednesday they were they were really going after one another that was game you know and that was the the great genius of Pete Carroll was being able to go at game tempo under game pressure uh with game physicality uh in practice and and there was no need to okay now it's game day let's get our game going no they were you know sometimes you could almost slow things down when they got to game day because of the way practice had been that was the feeling you got Tuesday Wednesday that they were absolutely at game, you know, physicality. And, uh, I mean, there was more tackling yesterday when they weren't really supposed to tackle than some of the full, you know, full pads tackle practices a year ago. It's hard. I mean, you know, I, I asked Cameron Smith about that, and he doesn't want to admit. I, you can tell Cameron just doesn't. He's a good soldier. He doesn't want to admit where they were last year. Uh, but he did say, I just hope we can keep it. We'll keep this up all the way through. So, uh, they know what they're doing and, and how they're doing it. And so, uh, so I think, um, I think the bubble wrap is gone. Yeah. No bubble wrap. Um, Tarek has a quick one. Do you see Devin Williams being a contributor this season? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, so far, I mean, he, he's certainly got the physical, he's got more physical, uh, ability, uh, quicker twitch, uh, quicker feet off the line of scrimmage, uh, uh, that I thought maybe just because of coming, you know, and having not played against that, you know, the kind of competition and, and physical talent that he's seeing now got more of that than I thought. Uh, you knew he was an athlete. You knew he could catch the ball in the air and all that kind of thing. Uh, he looks like he really wants to, you know, compete, fight through things. Uh, now he's just got to get into the playbook to where, uh, the big, uh, you know, for, you know, first year kids, uh, uh, well, anybody on this team, the thing you got to do is convince the coaches that you will be there every single moment that you're on the field and you will not have to be, you know, the quarterback stop and say, no, you're supposed to be over here or whatever. I think once he gets past that, I think he'll play, and I think he'll make some plays. He's a he's a mismatch. They they have the ability. I think with when they go three wide, they have the ability to really give you a mismatch somewhere. And uh, you know, I, I don't know that they've got a receiver that you can double uh, without hurting yourself. You know, somewhere else. Uh, so, I mean, I think a lot of you know uh, the the passing game is trying to get mismatches, and I think uh, for example. If you try to figure out, if you look at the lead receivers as, as uh, you know, Tyler Vons and Michael Pittman, and then you've got Amon Ra on the field at the same time, Amon Ra is going to give you some problems because uh, he's going to get matched up with, with people that he can beat. And I think the same with Devin Williams. Uh, they're going to, you know, and you would wonder that they are doing a much better job of working on the, uh, in the red zone and, in, and on, at goal line from like the 10 yard, 10 yards in, uh, a much better job. I think of, of getting the quarterbacks to make those throws under real, uh, pressure on the, on the receiver. 
with people that can really defend the receiver where you have to make a really good, you know, the fade has to really be there or that back shoulder throw, which uh, JT likes to make. And uh, we're seeing a lot of that. And so I think that might be a place where Devin, uh, you know, can really help him uh, at the goal line, the, the way they have at times used tight end. Uh, he's just a mismatch uh, for, for an awful lot of cornerbacks. That's for sure. Yeah. Big body out there. Um, let's go to Paul McCormick. He had a different kind of question. Does the third ranked quarterback, whoever that is, become the scout team quarterback this year? Well, you know, it's interesting. They're not, they're not playing, uh, in effect, a scout team. I mean, you see the service team and they call them service team. I always call them scout team. They, uh, the green jerseys come out for, uh, for the punt work, uh, and for the kickoff work, but we're not seeing that. And Clay talked about it the other day that uh, he doesn't, he's not a big scout team guy. And so uh, it, it looks like it's going to be more, uh, you're going to be going against the second and third team guys. But as to exactly how that's going to go, I don't know. Uh, Holden Thomas has been hurt this week, the, the number four guy. Uh, he's a big kid, six six kid with a good arm, uh, but with the running quarterbacks, for example, a Khalil Tate that you're going to see, you know, right away. Holden Thomas might be good for game uh, two uh, at at Stanford with Costella, but uh, I'm not sure uh, the uh, Texas kid who just got named, uh, who you know played well against USC last year, um, uh, Ellinger kid is. I think he's about 6'3", and he's a good runner. So when you get to, you're going to get a good runner, running quarterback, I guess, the UNLV, you're going to get a good running quarterback against Texas uh, and a good running quarterback against, uh, obviously, against uh, uh, Arizona. So that's that's some real challenges. Uh, That's a good question. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. When you think about it, uh, Matt Fink, in terms of replicating, you know, he can run. He's an athlete. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, so is Jack. I don't know. We haven't seen that yet. Exactly how they're going to do that. Uh, but you would think, uh, you would think it almost has to be Matt or Jack, to just just to give you that sense of somebody really athletic uh, taking off, and and they're going to see so many of those early. And the, the Notre Dame kid, for example. Uh, you know, runs like crazy and more of a running threat, you know, than a than with his arm. So we're going to see a lot of those guys. Good, good question, and don't know that we have the absolute answer yet. But but uh, that's a good thought. Here's an interesting one, uh, Jason in Longhorn Country. He said, "I'd like to pose a situational question with regards to sealing a win. If SC has the lead." Late in the fourth quarter, it's third and three. A first down seals the game. Everybody in the stadium knows it's going to be a run. And a running play, third and three, I don't know if you know it's going to be a run, but a running a running play is called. Which of the four running backs would you want in the game and why? Yeah, I think third and three is that area where third and two, absolutely it's a run. Third and three, Probably, but not absolutely. Yeah, like uh, modern college uh, football, that's not a run. Like old, fo- yeah, but not not nowadays. Like that could be almost a guaranteed pass in some some offenses. Yeah, I mean that might be like they did. Uh, which game was it last year? With uh, was it Sanford with Fallow where they 
through the uh, yeah, third so. down pass uh, where it was a little surprising to Stanford. And, and uh, you know, there he was wide open. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but let's, we'll just assume it's a play where it's going to be a run or, you know, it's going to be a run. And you got different, you know, you got different takes on it. Aka Cedric is a slasher. He is 215 pounds. He's a kid that'll, you know, just burrow in there and, uh, you know, really give you, you know, that you could run him on a lot of different play calls. And he's, he's got more, he's more explosive and, and quicker and all that kind of thing. Then you got Steven Carr, who's kind of that home run threat that maybe you would have more of a, you know, if you decide to go wide a little bit, uh, that Steven might be the guy you would do that. The the guy who's had such a good camp uh, because he's done so many things well, and he just constantly surprises you with his quickness and change of direction. And he's also 215 pounds as Vavai, you know, Malapai. So uh, I think one of the advantages of this running back crew is you don't maybe necessarily have to make that choice. You've got guys that because you've got three guys at, at 215 pounds, they can kind of do it all. You, they've got enough quickness. They've got enough speed. They've got enough breakaway ability, and uh, they've got enough power. And they will hit it up in there. Uh, but, but I guess probably you would your choice would would all, third and three. Your choice is probably is a little bit more uh, Stephen or Aka Cedric. Uh, and Vavai's just got he's just. He does more different things, but but uh, I, you know, I'm not sure this exactly. And I think I wish I could tell you exactly. Okay, this is this is the bread and butter uh, play that they're going to run, or they're going to be you know able to do. Uh, I think one of the things you do well with Vavai is uh, kind of a change of direction where you think they're going this way, and they don't have a lot of those plays where they where they come at you from a, you know, uh, where you don't think they're coming at you. That's where, what he does well. Whether you do that on third and three, I don't know. But, uh, but I do think uh, they want to get to the place where they have a real uh, confidence in third and three. Yeah, we can block you, we can attack you, and we've got a couple of guys that, you know, that can do it. I don't know that we're absolutely 100% there. Uh, I think that'll develop as the season goes along, but they got to get to that place where everybody's on the same page with, yeah, we, we can do this. Uh, we know, we know we can get it done. And, you know, that's, uh, we'll always look back at the Texas game where they didn't get it done on a play like that. Right. As, <laughs> as one of those moments where, oh, uh, that's a, that's a tough moment, uh, you know, to be able to, to, to really do that. And that's what the good teams can do. And uh, for this team to be a good team, they got to get to that place where they really know how we're going to do this, and uh, everybody you know believes that they are. We have a. This is interesting from Paul in Santa Clarita. He said, "You have expressed your wish list for improvements you wanted to see this fall camp. From your description of how fall camp is progressing, most of those quote unquote boxes have been checked." He said, "Be physical, check. Use your depth, check." Have practices be more competitive? Check. DBs more disciplined? Check. However, what boxes are still unchecked for you? Can freshman wide receiver... Um, oh, so yeah, he wanted to know about Devin Williams, but we already talked about him. But whatever boxes are still unchecked for you, that's from Paul. 
I'd say the tight end, just incorporating uh, a tight end component uh, to the offense to just the sense that uh, that you're not going to go away from them, that they'll always be, you know, a part of, uh, of what you're doing. And, uh, and the second part of that is, is, is the tight end blocking component to have that, you know, that, that comfort level that, uh, that, that they can execute there with guys who are, you know, more known as, as, as receivers. Uh, let's see, uh, other levels. I'm, I'm, I, you didn't mention the place kicking. I'm encouraged with with uh, the depth of place kicking, and uh, uh, I think they I think that's going to be be good. Uh, we haven't seen a complete you know decision as to what about punt return. We're seeing more of the you know uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and and Tyler Vaughn's the really sure-handed guys. And Tyler, you know, we probably don't give him enough credit. He has, uh, has shown with his pass receiving this year, his yards after catch and his elusiveness are really good, whether you want him back there doing that. But he'll catch it, and he'll, you know, he's got some, he's got some ability to, you know, to get you some yards. Amon Ra looks like he might be the, you know, the combination with, you know, the home run hitter where he will catch it. And he might, you know, bring it back, you know, a good way. But I don't know that we've seen absolutely yet uh, what's going to happen there, you know, on the punt returns. But uh, but I guess those would be two. And then the, the next would be an offensive line that has a cohesiveness. Um, I think a lot of that this year uh, has been delayed a little bit just because of the number of guys out, that there were four potential starters who really weren't able to answer the bell Saturday at the scrimmage. But two of those were back this week and uh, they look pretty, you know, pretty much together, but I think they need to get to there uh, with the offensive line that this is, you know, this is how we're, this is how we're going to go. We're really comfortable with these guys. Is there a younger guy uh, that is going to, you know, fight his way in there? Uh, Elijah, you know, Vera Tucker uh, looks like Austin, you know, Jackson because of, of Clayton Bradley. Maybe uh, his back not coming around uh, quite yet. Uh, but uh, get those younger guys in there and, uh, and, and show, you know, that there is an ability to compete for a spot and win it and, uh, and really, uh, you know, get the job done. But I think the um, I think that that would be the the last part of it. I think the rest of it uh, on defense. I, I just, you know, I think you look like they they look like they've got the answers uh, there. Uh, I just maybe the rotation, exactly how it happens, uh, you know, on defense, and and that'll that'll be more of. A, I mean, that we do see them, you know, just substituting in in groups and. You know, after four plays and all of that, which we've not seen ever before, uh, but to see how that works in a game, you pretty much got to get to the games to exactly see, you know, how they do that. But uh, but how they group them uh, and how they, you know, sub them and when and where, uh, I think is to be determined uh, once you get to the season. We got Matthew who wrote in. He said, "Is there anything in preseason camp this year to make you feel?" Like the offense is adjusting to some of the poor play calling from last year. One of the main weaknesses 
was the inability to make adjustments, particularly against aggressive defensive coordinators during a game. Does it look like they're adding wrinkles with shotgun slash no huddle sets that, or alternatively, quote unquote, power function uh, formations? Maybe more to the point, how can they counter teams that line up and just try to overwhelm the offensive line with blitz packages and extra pass rushers? It looks like it's the most effective way to beat us. Matthew. I think a couple of things. I think one, you've got to be able uh, to drop the ball off to the uh, running backs, uh, you know, release them quickly. Uh, you got to have a quarterback that's really comfortable uh, doing that in the face of a, you know, of a blitz and dropping the ball over, uh, you know, the, you know, the blitzers and, and picking up where they're really coming from. And, uh, you know, they've got every one of those running backs, you know, can do that. I mean, so basically you turn that into a, a long handoff. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see more of the kind of, you know, draw delay action, uh, you know, that can also be effective, you know, against the team that's, that's bringing a big, you know, especially outside blitz, but, uh, but they do have, you know, I think they, they, they have the running backs that, that can help them, uh, you know, handle that. And you have to have a quarterback is just really decisive and you've got to have, and what we're seeing is enough combination, you know, packages where where they do have an outlet receiver, or they do have a guy, you know, uh, releasing uh, short, uh, you know, across the middle. Uh, but you got to be able to hit them. You got to be able to, you know, pick it up immediately. Uh, yes, I'm seeing more of that. I'm seeing more of, of the the ability to get after. I mean, let's say they know what what Texas tried to do to them last year when they brought the house and, and it was pretty effective. And, you know, they got very lucky that Sam, uh, Sam, you know, got it together enough at the end. But, uh, but I think a lot of teams, you know, I don't know that that's Stanford demo necessarily. You're, you're going to see that Stanford, Stanford, but, uh, but I think a lot of teams might, you know, try to go with, uh, with, uh, you know, Texas and bring the house. And uh, that's where you got you got to have confidence in your quarterback. You got to be able to, you know, stand in there, and uh, and you've got to have you know things set up so that he he can go to him immediately when he sees that. And uh, that's where you want that uh, that confidence in your quarterback and uh, that ability to you know I can deal with this and and looking at that as an opportunity instead of saying uh oh here they come again oh my gosh what do I do now. You want to say, you guys are coming? Great. This is what we're doing. And everybody does it and say, we're going to take advantage of your blitz. And, um, you know, we're going to hit Stephen Carr and a quick release, and he's going to run forever because you brought your linebackers. So now see what you can do and see if Stephen will run, run over or run past one of your, uh, one of your d- defensive backs. So, uh, but that, again, that's that sense of confidence that you build. If you do it in practice, like yesterday, you can't have any more confidence than, than what was built. Where it was on the side of the, where the offense stands, and they hit Steven uh, on the sideline, and he turns it upfield, and there he is coming at uh, Isaiah Palomala. And now Steven's probably 10 pounds heavier than Isaiah, but Isaiah's 6'4", big, you know, strong, tough kid. And Steven just had the angle, lowered him, lowered his pads, and just ran right over him. And Isaiah was laughing about it later. So it wasn't, he said, yep, he got me that time. Uh, uh, but uh, 
I just think that's the kind of thing that you do that enough in practice, you get a sense that, hey, we can do this at Stanford or we can do this at Texas. You do, you know, you come at us this way, we're going to get you singled up with, with you know, Stephen or Aka Cedric or Vavai, and let's see if you can make a play on these guys in the open field. And, uh, and so I think they've got the tools to do that. They just have to, you know, get to where they really feel uh, comfortable doing it. All right, we still got a whole bunch of questions. We're not, I apologize, we're not going to get to all of them, but we'll try to rapid fire through some of these. Okay. Um, we got a text from Mike in the Bay Area. He said, uh, is it cause for concern after the scrimmage with it being heavy run while trying to pick a starting quarterback? Uh, so he wanted to know about that. And I, I actually asked Clay Helton yesterday about Wednesday's practice was the most competitive throws I'd seen all of fall because I, I write all, you know, all the formations and stuff down, all the, you know, notes. And there was more, I had to go to a second page in my notebook, which I hadn't had to do all year. So he had said that, you know, when you have full pads, they do like to do a little bit more run because that's where you have a great opportunity to do that. But a day like yesterday when it was just half pads, they threw the ball a ton. So there was a lot of competitive throws out there. No. um, Yeah. I'm trying to think, I I was listening to your answer and I'm trying to think exactly. uh, The question was, Oh, okay. Um, Cause for concern that it was a run-heavy uh, scrimmage on Saturday when no, you're trying you know, to pick what, a starting I, quarterback. I, I, and I'm I'm kind of past the Saturday. Uh, I, I, it had uh, Tuesday, Wednesday not happened the way they did. Uh, Saturday might be a cause for concern. I'm I'm really really so pa- uh, Saturday was Saturday, and we were like, what the heck? But I'm I'm totally past Saturday at this point. Uh, Saturday, whatever. It was, uh, you know, the numbers uh, with guys not, uh, you know, answering the bell and all that threw them off. And, uh, you know, they went out and pounded one another, and that was good. Saturday was physical. Uh, it just, you know, wasn't like, okay, this is what a game's going to look like. But, uh, but no, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, gives me, uh, you know, no concern, you know, for, for what happened on Saturday. I thought they really handled, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday well. And uh, I thought the quarterbacks really got a chance to, you know, show what they could do under uh, under a lot of pressure. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, especially Wednesday worked well for both sides of the ball. I thought the the defense got to do a lot and show a lot and got challenged a lot, and the offense stepped up and challenged them. I thought it was really a, a very much of a positive. Uh, so I, I thought they handled that you know, really well and. I like it that they did it in the context of a regular practice and said, this is how regular practices are going to be. No big deal, no, you know, anticipation or telling everybody this is going to be a big deal. This is just what we do. And uh, I, thought, I thought it was really good. Uh, and I had been a little bit concerned that maybe the quarterbacks weren't getting the reps under pressure, a chance to make all the different throws and, that that wasn't the case. They they got there uh, certainly Wednesday. John in Pasadena said, "What are your thoughts on a two quarterback system, JT and Jack Sears? Normally not in favor, but when you have two talented quarterbacks with different styles, that makes opponents prep for two different offenses that USC has already installed. I see many other advantages." That's from John. I think the problem there is then you've got to practice on you got to really emphasize two different things. And I don't, I don't see that working. I, I want my, 
you know, team to, to be able to do what it does and do it really well. And I'm not sure I want to see them happen to be like a split personality team. I, I think, uh, that's always the issue, uh, is how do you, you got quarterbacks with different skill sets, but, uh, you really want to run the same offense. Uh, and, and, and maybe they get to that point where you, you know, you're really confident, uh, you know, comfortable making the, you know, the switches that, uh, that go to a, uh, you know, a, from a pass heavy quarterback to a, a run heavy quarterback. But, uh, and, you know, and I could see, uh, you know, Jack Sears or, or Matt in there in situations where the quarterback run, you know, might be, uh, might really matter. But, uh, but, but in general, I'm a, I'm a one quarterback, one quarterback guy, although you would like to see a team that, like last year when there were a number of games where they probably should have put them away because of a third quarter slippage, they didn't. And so you have uh, Matt Fink who had what nine, uh, nine pass attempts last year, uh, you know, in a a season where they win 10 games Uh, that probably, you know, shouldn't or 11 games that shouldn't have happened. He he should have had more, uh, more opportunities in the same year before. I mean, they just, uh, I'd like to see a second quarterback get more game action. And, uh, um, that would mean against teams that you can put away in the second half, you put them away and you don't let them hang around. You don't let them get back in the game. And, uh, and maybe that's more on the defense, obviously, but, uh, uh, I'd like to see two quarterbacks get in games but maybe not necessarily by, uh, you know, that's how you plan it uh, going in, but that the opportunity is there to give, uh, you know, a second guy uh, some serious uh, reps. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Mark in Las Vegas texted in. He said, I love the crystal ball article. Dan doesn't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. And his question is, as a pure uh, – he said as a pure freshman, I think it means it's a true freshman. Matt Barkley was a couple of injuries away from 11 and two, but finished nine and four. And he really hit the wall in November. To me, the season looks like 2016 and a nine game winning streak is on the table. If JT starts day one, do you think he would still be playing his best football at the end when it matters most? And he says, PS be sure to factor in the three interviews, two podcasts and YouTube TV show that Tim Tessalone will have JT doing he puts a little smiley face there. Thanks for the great show. Fight on Mark in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think they may have learned a little bit from the, uh, you know, JT or, uh, excuse me, Sam as the Heisman candidate. Sam is the face of USC football. He may have been overextended a bit uh, uh, last summer. Uh, and I don't know how you totally avoid that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, well, I think you might avoid the Sam Donald show. Uh, that may be the, you know, the one thing you, and you're not going to see that. That's the benefit of having, having a freshman. If he's, if, if the freshman is the guy, they're not going to be a JT Daniels show. So I think they will cut back. I mean, the, the benefit right now is he hasn't had to do an interview yet. Uh, uh you know, the, the upper class or the, you know, the, the holdovers, uh, Matt Fink and, you know, and uh, Jack Sears are the guys that have had to conduct the, uh, you know, the post-practice interviews and, and all of that, where JT can just cruise out of there because the freshmen aren't, aren't uh, released to talk to the media yet. So already that's a plus, I think, uh, in terms of 
uh, if you're, you know, if you're thinking, well, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I, I don't think it'll be that same kind of situation. Now, if they go and beat, you know, Stanford at Stanford and Texas at Texas, and it's JT Daniels and Amon Ra, yeah, there's going to be a lot of lot of attention at that point. But at least you'll be into the season, um, and you know, at that point, you know, it, it, it's still. I thought the thing with with Sam that was the 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 big drag was the uh, uh, the summer, uh, and I think with Matt, Matt was almost the spokesman for the athletic department through the NCAA, you know, time frame. I mean, he'd be the guy that'd be coming out of the building and you couldn't get anybody else to talk to you. And, and he grabs, you know, Matt. And what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? So he became more than just the quarterback spokesperson. He became kind of the athletic department spokesperson for, for, uh, you know, at times. And I do think it may be, caught up with, uh, you know, with, with Matt as a senior. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, a lot of things happen as you go, you know, through, if you've been the guy since your freshman year, but, uh, I don't see that happening this year. Uh, I don't think at all. They're, they're, they're going to be pretty fresh and pretty excited. And I don't think it'll be a, you know, a big uh, burden. JT played 15 games his last year of high school too. So he's probably all right. Um, we had uh, Dustin wrote in, we've heard a lot about the summer player run practices being a lot slower and having more focus on getting players comfortable with the playbook. And now that we're actually into practices, we're hearing about how much faster the guys are playing and how much more practice, it, how much more practices are. I think it must be how much faster they are. Do you think that getting players up to speed with the system during the summer has allowed the coaching staff to focus more on actual execution and performance and less on teaching X's and O's. That's from Dustin. Well, I think that on defense, they keep saying that basically in the third year, and, and uh, Clancy said it yesterday, and the younger players are saying it, uh, that, you know, especially the guys that were just here last year, so you got that whole second-year group, they all say the game has slowed down and they are playing faster because they know what they're doing. The communication is better. Uh, I think the teaching, it's interesting. I think they're doing more quick stopping and correcting, but uh, it's, it's at a more sophisticated level this year. And it's not, you know, starting from the ground up. Uh, on offense, I do think the PRPs, really helped uh yeah getting uh you know jt and amon ron devon you know williams and those guys in here uh that really helps in the summer uh and yeah i do think there hasn't been much need to to really do a lot of i mean i, I think instead of doing you know all the installation and you know the kind of walkthrough stuff and 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 all of that that's down uh, and so what they're doing when they get to practice is they're just playing, they're competing. You know, it's not as much of a learning situation. And, and yet there is time for quick corrections, uh, but, uh, but not wholesale uh, corrections. And so uh, essentially uh, what you're seeing in practice is, is ideally kind of what you're going to see in a game where you got guys competing and playing hard and playing fast. And, uh, I think we're in a place where that's really uh, that's a change. And uh, Clancy said he didn't think he could do that. 
completely until the third year uh, on, with his defense, and they feel like they're there. So, yep, good point. We had uh, just a couple more. We'll let you go. Anthony in the 90042 with the five linemen. He lists Toa, Voorhees, Brown, Idoga, and Jackson. JT and Ware in the backfield. Pittman and Vaughn on the outside. Uh, Vales and Carr or Amon Ra in the slot. And one of our tight ends. That is a high caliber starting 11 that is definitely looking really good. Or even a different combination of those pieces. Your thoughts? That's from Anthony. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that 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 group has a chance to to really give you some problems. I mean, I just you know you need the, the five man offensive line to execute. You need, uh, for example, we're not talking about uh, you know bad snaps anymore. So I think that's uh, you know that's one of those things that you kind of have to clear up. Uh, but you need those uh, you know those five guys to really be uh, you know able to handle whatever they see, uh, and. You don't want those stories like after the Ohio State game. Oh, they were doing things we didn't see, or da da da. No, you got to, you just got to do it. You got to see it. There is a sense that that they're going to be able to do that, um, and they've got weapons. I mean, uh, those are tough matchups. Uh, the wide receivers, uh, the running backs. You get that right quarterback with them, and then uh, and then you know it's hard for you to stop the tight ends because you can't really concentrate on, on them as much uh, because they can throw it to every other place. So uh, yeah. So I think that's a, that offense could be a tough matchup you know, for people and quicker than, uh, than people realize. I, I think uh, again, they've given everybody a chance. So we haven't really seen them in, you know, kind of a game mode where, you stay with those guys and you just go with those guys. We have seen them run tempo and more seriously, that's, they run two series to start, uh, after, you know, calisthenics, they, uh, go up the field one way and back the other way with a, you know, just four or five plays each way with the quarterbacks and, and rotating the quarterbacks, but they run the tempo where they go fast. And, uh, I'll be interested to see, when they get out there, say with that lineup, if they do go tempo, Clay has said, yes, we have the ability to do that, and we can do that, and we might do that, and so did you know Brian Ellis. I I would like to see them uh, in places against people as just go tempo as fast as they can go, uh, you know, like the fourth quarter of, of the Rose Bowl with Penn State. I mean, I I just think I'd like to see USC be in a, a place where teams would have to prepare. For USC coming at them with with all the weapons that that USC has in terms of people you can throw to and and guys that can run the ball, uh, and I, I I think you said it with that lineup you you have the ability to do that. We got one last one. Uh, this is William in Dallas. He says at Dallas. I think it's probably in Dallas. Uh, Dan, as a proxy for the rest of us, could you tactfully your style anyway? Ask Clay Helton if a starter isn't able to practice this next Tuesday during game week, does that mean they're not likely or maybe won't start? Otherwise, what does quote-unquote competition mean? Citing your Sean Cody comment. Thanks for all you do, William in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw some of that this week. I think we saw a big, you know, I think a shotgun did the numbers. I think 11 of the guys that didn't answer the bell on Saturday – answered it on Tuesday. So 
I think we're starting to, you know, to get to that answer. Uh, uh, I think that absolutely ought to be the case that, uh, you gotta have enough guys that if they can't practice, you know, the full pads, heavy, uh, you know, run Tuesday, uh, it's, it's hard to get them back, uh, by the end of the week. And, and I think what you say when you do that is practice really matters. Competition matters. You need and, and recruiting and depth and all of that. And if a guy can't be there on Tuesday, yeah, probably ought to have somebody else who is there on Tuesday who will be there on Saturday. I, I just think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a different mindset. And I think Clay talked about coming out of the Ohio State game with the lesson he learned was, man, we got to have better depth. Uh, and I think he's surprised almost. Because he hasn't had that, and neither did the you know the guys before him, Sark and and Lane, because of the NCAA uh, sanctions and scholarship issues, uh, didn't have that. And I think for the first time, it's like, wow, this is what it's like at USC to have that kind of depth and to have that sense of we're going to be all right. If you know, last year it was panic going into the Washington State game, and it was they were. Uh, you know, not in a good way going into Notre Dame, you know, with injuries. I don't think that same sense will will will, will be the case this year. I, I just get, and that's one of the things I think maybe is a good thing about the various injuries um, in, in preseason camp is they just keep going on because there are guys you can put in there. And, you know, which is why Saturday was so weird that – because of the numbers, it was like the first time they'd run into a situation where they didn't maybe quite have enough depth when they ran out of offensive tackles uh, to do the two-minute drill. But uh, but they're getting a sense of uh, we've got enough guys. We can do this. And uh, that kind of stuff isn't going to bother us. Because last year, it bothered them. And it mattered. And the three losses, they just, uh, for one reason or another, uh the confidence wasn't there, and uh, I, I see a different, see a different look, uh, more mature. Even with the younger guys, you get a more mature kind of response to things, and I think the coaches are responding as well. I think that they feed off one another. I think you know coaches can develop confidence when they see their players playing with confidence. You know who, which comes first. Uh, I, you don't know. I think it works together. They, they, they both help one another, uh, develop that confidence, but you, you see that, uh, now. So, so that's where we are. I think we're, we're, you know, in the business of developing that kind of, we can, we've got the answers. We've got the players. We can work our way through this. Uh, this is going to be fine. We're going to be, you know, and, Again, with Clay's record, I didn't know he mentioned to the students, it was students uh, free, uh, or students uh, open to students practice yesterday, and he talked to them about seniors that haven't lost a game at the Coliseum, and they'll need the students uh, who will be there for the home games and uh, to get them through once more. And I was thinking, but what you've got when you go on the road, which they're going to have to do with all those games on the road that we were talking about, is you depend on yourself. You depend on your players and your players depend on the coaches. And, uh, I think that's the thing that, uh, 
you know, you can't ask for anybody else to help you out there. You got to do it yourself. And, and that's what you want to see them be able to build, uh, in, in this, uh, in this preseason. And I think they're moving in the right direction, uh, from what I'm seeing. Seems like it, Dan. Um, uh, just the closer the hours are ticking by and soon it will be kickoff. So we're looking forward to that. Seeing all this analysis, all this practice, everything we've watched, uh, comes to fruition. Do they look completely different when they come out and play? Who knows? We don't know. But we love doing it, and uh, we're very much looking forward to the start of the season. And uh, thanks for answering everyone's questions. They were, like, all over the map. There were questions on, on it, just about everything. So that was good stuff. Yeah, we like to be your your eyes and ears. I mean, the, the, the goal, I think, for all of us is just to – act as if you are standing next to us uh, and we're just telling you what we're seeing. You know, we're just, uh, you know, uh, your eyes and ears at practice and, uh, and, 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 and getting you up to speed on what we feel. And that changes. I mean, you know, what we saw and felt Saturday is not what we saw and felt Tuesday, Wednesday. So, and that's how it works. I mean, that's, uh, that's the beauty of it. it. You know, nothing lasts forever. And, uh, you got to be developing. You got to be improving. You got to be figuring things out, answering, you know, solving problems, and uh, that's what you know good programs do. And um, uh, the difference between Saturday and Tuesday, Wednesday is so great and so encouraging that uh, uh, you know we wanted you to kind of have that sense that uh, that we did because uh, I don't know that it was totally expected. I think we went into Tuesday, Wednesday saying. Well, let's see what, what does happen here, you know, and good things happened. Good things did. And uh, that's, I'm glad we did wait a little bit. So no more practices until Tuesday that we can see everything else is closed. Um, be able to talk to Clay Helton a little bit later today after practice, right Dan, we can talk to him, but that's about it. Right? Yes, There's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So. This is uh, they go dark. So again, uh, you know, we won't be able to, you know, be your eyes and ears here for a few days, and then uh, we'll see them next Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, see how that goes. But um, and and you know, they start class, and uh, it's, a good, it's probably a good time for them to get a break. But boy, this week was just what they needed. This was great. I mean, this was this was the uh, this is uh, it showed them this is where you can be. This is what you can do. This is how you can get better every day. And uh, um, this is how, you know, you can make practice look like and feel like games. And that's the only way to do it. And I don't think last year it did. It didn't feel like games at practice. And this year, so far, uh, much more like uh, like games. And that's got to be the case. All right. Well, that's Dan Weber. We'll uh, talk to him again soon. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoy the weekend. Hope you enjoy our live show, the war room, all that stuff. We got a lot of stuff coming up, but we won't we won't be back on the practice field again until Tuesday. Like I said, we'll get a more regular podcasting routine. At that point, uh, it'll be game week. So next time we talk to you. So thanks so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique interesting and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. 
you've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 